This is an RNZ podcast. Guy and Espen has been investigating, joins us now. Kia ora, Guy. Kia ora. Uh, let's begin with some journalism questions 101. Who, what, why? Who wanted what section of a bill deleted and why? Yeah, this is um, Andrew Little, when he was health minister, he was heavily targeted by lobbyists who wanted to get wins and gains, I guess, for clients in the pharmaceutical and natural health industries. That was Kim Hill on Morning Report on RNZ National last Thursday and RNZ's Guy and Espiner. And he'd been on Morning Report every day since Monday with stories from his series on lobbying and politics. More on that in a minute. But while Guyan would have been a familiar presence to RNZ listeners by then, his face was also on the cover of the Listener magazine for this week, alongside a teasing banner which said this. What really happened with Duncan Garner and John Key? So what was that till now unresolved mystery involving the former National Party leader and the former political editor at TV3? And what did Guyan Espiner have to do with it? Well, all that was made clear inside the magazine in an extract from Guy Nespiner's new book, The Drinking Game, which is all about the business of booze and its place in our social and political life. And in that extract was an anecdote from 2008 when John Key took Duncan Garner and his TBNZ counterpart back then, Guy Nespiner, out for a night on the booze, with John Key picking up the tab and one of the -the off-the-record yarns that John Key told them that boozy night ended up in a Sunday paper. But only six years later, when few would have really cared that much about it, though obviously the listener was intrigued enough to tease that incident on its front page nearly a decade later for this week. Anyhow, for Guy and Espiner, the point of all that was that now liquor is little more regulated these days than it was back then, and in Guy and Espiner's words, that is the way the industry likes it. And Guy Nespin is now wondering what impact the habit shared by boys on the booze might have had on both alcohol regulation down the years and also media reporting of that issue. And that was still on his mind last Monday when he told Tova O'Brien on Today FM that it wasn't just John Key who was buying the beers for the likes of him and his peers in the media back then. There is a heavy drinking culture there. How do journalists report objectively alongside politicians who also drink heavily on the alcohol industry? Can we do it in, in the wake of your reporting today as well? I, I think, um, you know, we have to put our hands up in, in the media um, on the lobbying stuff too. I've been to many corporate box events. I, you know, there'll be lobbyists listening to, to this saying, oh, yeah, I got Guy and Espiner over to some event, some mm. cricket game or something. And I and I did do all that. I, I, I think that we probably should be, and if I, if I look back in my time, it probably could have been more rigorous with, with that stuff. And I, I do think there's a bit of sort of cone of silence thing that goes on here. Mm. And the public have got no idea about how this stuff works. Well, politicians and lobbyists alike might indeed be spluttering into their drinks now, hearing a crusader for the public right to know, realising all these years later that hospitality handed out back then could have comprised a compromise. The cone of silence Guy Nespiner spoke of there wasn't built by some unseen hand. It was a kind of conspiracy of silence, really, which he and others in the media can't have been unaware of at that time. And those claiming to be the public's ears and eyes back then must also have known it's harder to speak truth to power with your mouthful if any politician or lobbyist is picking up the tab. But this week, Guy Nespiner was lifting the lid on how political lobbying works and calling for much more transparency. On Tuesday's morning report, they led off with this. The Prime Minister's Chief of Staff, Andrew Curtin, previously headed up the New Zealand arm of a lobbying firm which worked for alcohol companies which pushed back against a proposed container return scheme. 
Mr Curtin resigned from that role on the 31st of January, one day before taking up the job as Chris Hipkins' chief of staff. Just last week, six weeks after Mr Curtin started in the Prime Minister's office, the government scrapped the container return scheme. And then the Prime Minister appeared to answer questions from Kim Hill, starting with this one. This sequence of events looks a bit sus, doesn't it? Oh, I think um, it's important to note that the container return scheme had already been offered up uh, for reprioritisation by David Parker, the minister responsible before Andrew Curtin had even started working in the beehive. Yes, can I stop you there? And the impression of something sus was amplified by the artwork for that story on the RNZ website. Under the headline, The Lobbyist, the Liquor Industry and the Beehive Revolving Door, the Prime Minister Chris Hipkins and his Chief of Staff were depicted against a backdrop of big booze bottles. Now, the story said that Andrew Curtin worked for a trans-Tasman lobbying firm called Anacta, which acted on behalf of the liquor industry giants Asahi and Lion. And documents Guy Nespina obtained using the Official Information Act showed that booze is still being used as a lubricant by lobbyists today. For example, he revealed that Andrew Curtin had emailed officials only a year ago to set up meetings, asking, wondering if you had time this Wednesday for a quick beer. And Guy Nespina reported a lobbyist for Thompson Lewis was texting advisers in the office of Senior Cabinet Minister Megan Woods to invite them to a beer festival in August 2022. But this series raised questions also for the media, beyond the blandishments of a few beers. The first part of the series on Monday detailed the hundreds of thousands of dollars of public money being spent on lobbying firms by universities, government agencies and state-owned enterprises. And sometimes this was done to avoid or minimise awkward encounters with the media. And speaking on Monday's morning report, Guy Nespinet made the point that several of these lobbyists are all too happy to appear in the media as themselves, in spite of the potential for conflicts of interest to arise. But you meet with a lobbyist, you've got no idea as a member of the public, zero, who they're actually working for. I mean, it took these 70-plus OIA requests to find out who these clients are. So you might know they're meeting with with someone who works in the lobbying firm. You've got zero idea uh, what clients that they are actually working for. And I think, you know, there's a pretty strong argument the public's poorly served by that because a lot of these people also are in media roles, uh, giving media commentary. And the, the public uh, at large have no idea uh, who, who these clients are. Now, this is an issue that's come up before, prompting RNZ to tighten up on its rules on potential conflicts of interest back in 2018 and insist on greater disclosure from professional lobbyists who appear as political panellists after questions were asked about this in the House. Of order, I seek leave to table evidence proving that the RNZ panelist introduced as a consultant from Senate PR is in fact a contract staffer at the Right Honourable Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern's office. Would the minister consider a state-owned broadcaster to be acting independently if a ministerial staff member featured as an independent commentator on a Radio New Zealand programme discussing government policy? In 2020, one prominent pundit, Matthew Hooten, a regular on Nine to Noon's weekly political panel, withdrew from commentary altogether for a time after he failed to declare that he was actually working for National Party leadership hopeful Todd Muller. But the co-owner of the agency Capital Government Relations, Neil Jones, yet another former Chief of Staff for Labour Party Prime Ministers, by the way, is still a Nine to Noon regular commentator. 
This week, Guy Nespiner reported that documents released to him revealed that Neil Jones had lobbied for countdown on alcohol sales issues, and that's something he would have had to declare at the time on the air if that issue had arisen, but if it didn't, he wouldn't. And on Thursday, Guy Nespiner told Morning Report more clients of Neil Jones had been revealed, including the tech titan Google. These documents show that he um, texted an advisor in the Internal Affairs Minister's office saying, just wondering on behalf of Google if there's any indication when this particular paper on online content regulation is going to cabinet. The advisor plays ball and says it's going to cabinet this month. Cool, thanks, he, he responds. So, again, it's interesting to see how much, um, how much that they play ball with these guys. Well, it certainly is for us here at Media Watch. We've had less luck getting a heads up about the progress of the government's content regulation review.